Hello and welcome to IamASwimmer.com. I'm Ryan Singleton. This is actually the first essay I wrote for my blog, but I've been waiting for the right time to share it. Now is that time. I've titled this piece, I Am a Swimmer, which is also how I got the name for the blog, and I dedicate it to my wife. I'd like to wish her a happy anniversary, and I'd like to thank the rest of you for listening. Nights were dark. When the sun set, I was able to remove the people-pleasing happy mask I had been wearing all day and could let my self-doubt and insecurities loose. I would apologize to my wife repeatedly. I would then tell her that I was sorry for having apologized in the first place. It's okay, she'd say with her eyes closed. She was getting tired of the repetition. My emotional breakdowns were frequent and consistent. You didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. In fact, I didn't do anything. I knew that, but that's not why I was asking for her forgiveness. I was apologizing for who I was. I was depressed, anxious, full of intrusive thoughts. At night, I'd perseverate on people who had completed suicide, picturing their deaths, crying because they must have felt so alone. I didn't want anybody to hurt or feel loneliness. I could identify with them. I knew what it was like to think that hurting myself was the only way to atone for my mistakes. Even small, inconsequential oversights, like forgetting to unload the dishwasher after it completed a cleaning cycle, or sending a text message with a typo. Pain seemed like the only way to pacify these intrusive thoughts. My self-worth was dismal. Distance running had been my longtime crutch, my stress relief. But in recent years, even that had become a source of anxiety. Whenever I'd lace up my shoes and head to the running path, I would develop a head twitch and my mind would become cluttered with angry thoughts, violent thoughts, thoughts of people who had completed suicide. Marathons were once my preferred distance, but I was reduced to pounding out slow three-milers twice a week because I couldn't handle the stress of anything greater. And what made this even more disheartening was that I was taking an antidepressant. I was in an emotional hole, as I would describe it, and yet, as contradictory as it may sound, life was honestly good. My job was stable and low stress, and my marriage was supportive and loving. We even adopted a beautiful dog that followed me everywhere I went. And yet despite all of this and medication, I was sick. The only problems I had existed in my head. I didn't choose to have such negative thoughts. They were just there. Whenever something unplanned happened, my first response was to demean myself or hurt myself. That was the only way I could make it better. Something needed to change. Then my wife had an idea. She pointed to a wetsuit that I had bought several years back but never wore. I wanted to swim in Lake Michigan when we lived in Chicago, but I never did. I probably made up excuses about being busy or not belonging to a swimming community, but in reality, I was afraid. Water didn't necessarily scare me. Vastness did. 
Picturing myself bobbing in a seemingly bottomless well, surrounded by goofy-looking fish and the ever-so-slim possibility of encountering a brain-eating amoeba, I felt overwhelmed. Swimming would require me to table my irrational thoughts, to trust myself, to tap a source of confidence that, for me, running had overlooked. Could I do that? Now that we lived in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, I had 9,999 fewer excuses to find out. In June of this year, my wife and our pooch accompanied me to Lake Nokomis in Minneapolis to watch me participate in a cross-lake swim. Though it wasn't a race, I was nervous. I tried not to show it. I didn't want to look like a rookie or need one of the lifeguards to paddle over to me in a kayak to scoop me out of the water because I had a mental breakdown once my toes left the sand. Lake Nokomis was 40 feet deep in some areas, and in the middle of the course, I would be several football fields from any shore. And yet, I was exactly where I needed to be. After squeezing into my wetsuit and strapping on a pair of mirrored goggles, I asked my wife to take my picture because I thought I looked like Spider-Man. Then I jumped into the lake. The water was cool, probably not cold enough to warrant a full wetsuit, but I wasn't alone in my neoprene-themed wardrobe selection. The water washed over my neck and ran down my back as I dipped my face below the surface. My legs began to kick and my arms moved. This felt much more natural in a lake than in a pool, I thought. It even felt more natural than running did. Three orange buoys marked my route, and I passed them one by one, sighting, breathing, pulling myself toward the distant shore. I felt powerful. The water was liberating. Despite its vastness, there was no room for anxiety. Whatever thoughts I had about failure or not making it or not being good enough, they had to stop. It was time to rely on myself. Yes, my wife was supporting me from the beach, and our dog was undoubtedly thinking about me while chewing on a stick, and I had worked with a psychiatrist to start a new combination of medicine. My support network and medication regimen helped to block the intrusive thoughts that were causing me so much pain, but I needed to do my part to improve my self-perception. I needed to trust my own mental and physical strength, and I did. I spent the rest of the summer swimming in lakes. Eventually, I shed my wetsuit and let the cool waves completely cover me, pushing me to rely on myself even more. That's the beauty I found in swimming. Rather than beating myself up, I built myself up. I grew stronger physically and mentally. And I began to present with more confidence, walking taller and straighter. I didn't expect this. When my wife encouraged me to suit up and hit the lake, I thought I would continue the same thought patterns that had been clouding my conscience for years. I thought I would be the same person, just wet with an occasional strand of seaweed hanging off my arm. But I wasn't. I'm not. Swimming has been transformative. It has helped me break the cycle of self-doubt and has presented me with new goals beyond athletics. I've swallowed enough seawater to know that swimming is part of me, and I can say with confidence that I am not depressed. I am not anxious. 
I am no longer defined by symptoms and distorted thoughts. I am a swimmer. Thanks again for listening. It's humbling to be able to share my story so openly, and I'd like to reach even more listeners. Please post this audio file in your social networks. Also, visit my website at iamaswimmer.com and subscribe to my blog. That way, whenever I post new content, it gets emailed to you. If you're interested in sharing your story about how swimming has strengthened your mental health, please use the contact form at iamaswimmer.com and let's talk.